today's podcast, chronic pain and how to get over it, how to get back into exercising, doing the things that you love, whether you've already been taking a lot of, you know, standard medication, you've been visiting your doctors, you've had surgery, you've had um, a lot of these conventional forms of therapy. Maybe you've even tried other unconventional forms. You perhaps try yoga to reduce the pain. You do acupuncture, uh, chiropractic visits, deep tissue massage, but you still can't deny the fact that you're not 100%. You can't go for the run in the morning. You can't do some of the CrossFit exercises that you used to do or lift the same heavy weights that you could um, or even train at the level of intensity if you're an elite athlete. Uh, you can't be, uh, pull those exercise routines anymore. So that's what's going to be covered today. How do we get over that? How do we take athletes? How do we take people who are in chronic pain, construction workers with 22 years of back pain, and get them back to performing and um, you know being pain free, doing bike rides, you know playing football, uh, practicing MMA, whatever the case may be, in a matter of 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Uh, you know, through this very advanced neuromuscular protocol. So this is the Stretching Healer podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a very interesting topic, um, chronic pain and muscle tightness. Um, you know, we get a lot of athletes um, and even weekend warriors, a day-to-day person come in with, you know, maybe they have intense pain in their knee, they have intense pain in their back, they are telling us that they can't do a lot of the exercises a lot of the things that they used to once enjoy uh, is no longer an option for them it's no longer feasible just because of the intense pain that they have so what used to be you know a morning jog is no longer maybe if they used to be able to squat you know uh, a plate or two they can't anymore if they used to be able to bench press you know they have so much pain in their wrist where they can't uh, they have a lot of neck pain um, so this is what we're going to, and we're able to take these people whom, you know, they've tried uh, various forms of, whether it's therapy, they've tried, um, you know, their own, you know, acupuncture, uh, they've tried, you know, deep tissue massage, they've tried Graston, they've tried chiropractic adjustments, uh, whatever the case may be, um, but they're still unable to get to what the place that they want to be, which is, you know, pain-free, able to do a lot of the exercises that they could do, um, and or even practice at an elite level. Maybe they're college athletes, elite athletes, whom they've had an injury, and you know they're visiting their doctors. They're trying to uh, get better. You know, do physical therapy, but there is no signs of recovery. They still have intense pain. They don't have any breaks on their X-rays, uh, and they're just not able to get back into it. So. You know, we're taking these athletes and, you know, uh, taking them in as little as, you know, 45 minutes and an hour and a half treatment after, you know, them trying so many of these different uh, treatments, we're able to literally get them back to training with full force. Uh, and so, you know, um, I could relate, I'll relate an experience. For example, we had, I'm going to start with, I'm going to relate two experiences. One's going to be of the average day-to-day person with pain. The second one is going to be of the elite athlete. So the first one uh, I'm going to start with is the average day-to-day just because I feel like my listeners, you guys, are probably going to find yourselves more in this situation. Um, You know, I had a construction worker who had 22 years of back pain. Um, Every morning he 
would wake up, he would, he would, you know, pull over to the side of his bed. He couldn't get up right away. He would have to let his back warm up a little bit. He couldn't bend down to tie his shoes until after he had warmed up for about, you know, 10, 10 minutes or so. Um, and, you know, that's just, that's just what happens. Um, you know, he, he's unable to warm up. He has a lot of pain when he gets home. He has pain. He can't bike ride, uh, which he used to love to do. Um, you know, use his road bike, go for bike rides. Um, and sorry about that long pause. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. Um, you know, this has been happening for 22 years. Uh, no signs of improvement. He's gone to the doctors, but the back pain still lingers. Now, we visited him for about, uh, you know, he, he came to us as a client, and we worked on him for about maybe 45 minutes to 50 minutes, and he noticed that immediately after having been worked on, like as we're doing the session, he has significant reduction to no, no pain in his back. Uh, the next morning he's able to wake up he wakes up in the morning and he's able to tie his shoes right away uh, you know he doesn't have to his back doesn't feel stiff he's able to start changing when he's at work doing construction he doesn't feel as tired because he has much better circulation in his muscles he doesn't feel um, like he has so much pain he doesn't feel like he has so much pain he is, you know, good to go. He's back biking now consistently. And this is literally the next, like the next day he's able to do all these things. Now I'm going to start with a second uh, scenario. We had an MMA athlete, a UFC fighter. Actually, he's he was contracted with the UFC. A Muay Thai specialist. And he noticed that when he would kick... He had an intense pain go up along his shin uh, it's to the point where he couldn't kick anymore. He had to take time off of, of Muay Thai for a period of about two weeks. He had taken off two, I think two weeks or two weeks and a half, something like that. And so we were in Vegas and this, you know, this client of ours, you know, he reaches back out to us and, you know, he says on social media that we're in Vegas and he reaches back out to us and say, hey, you know, can you guys come over and work on me? You know, I've been out for two weeks and a half, and then we go ahead and we work on him. You know, we come to his dojo. Um, well, we say, you know, yeah, sure thing, no problem. You know, we'll stop by um, later on tonight. So we stop by, welcome into his dojo. Then for about an hour and a half, we're working, you know, working on him. And as soon as we finished the session, and he was able to strike the bag, and he had zero pain on his shin. So of course, you know, he was able to get back to training that that next week um he told us that he was planning on taking maybe another two or three weeks off but you know because of how he, his, the relief that he felt now he was able to get back to training next week zero pain on his shin great story motivating for us and this has become a day-to-day -day for us you know the college student or desk worker with a lot of lower back pain whom we're able to work on and you know they no longer have back pain telling us that it's miraculously gone after about 20 to 25 minutes of being worked on uh, the um, 
college or high school athlete, not necessarily professional yet, who has a lot of pain in his neck. And he tells us that he's taking eight, eight ibuprofens a day, coughing out blood. And in 15 minutes, in a 15 minute session, he is able to sprint without any pain in his neck. It's very, very motivating for us. Um, There's a lot of hype around it. Uh, We've been able to treat a lot of our athletes now and really kind of just change or adjust our platform, our model, and our goal to now trying to achieve perfect muscular performance in the individual. And that perfect is not um, superlative. It's more relative perfection, uh, perfect, perfect muscular performance. You know, it's perfect muscle for a 70-year-old is going to be pain-free. It's going to be, you know, an individual who is, um, you know, without pain, they're able to exercise, they're still able to go for a jog at 80 years old, still able to go for a jog because it happens. Um, you know, they don't walk slowly. They have perfect, you know, mobility. Um, they don't have pain, but then for an elite athlete, a perfect muscle is going to be one where during practice, if they're getting tired, let's say for example, they're a football player and they're getting tired on their burpees or running a route, um, instead of feeling stiff and dead and tired and burnt out, they're going to feel like, Hey, you know, my quads are really exhausted from the burpees. It's time to go ahead and engage my calves or from the sprints my hamstrings are getting really really tired so let me go ahead and exert and 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 use my shins you know uh, my shins are getting really really tired so let me go ahead and use my calves so that is what perfect muscular performance would look like for the elite athlete is their ability to mind muscle connect with all these different muscles that they have and really use it to gain that competitive advantage to be able to um what's it called to be able to um really really do what they need to what what they need to overcome a lot of their a lot of their weakness and pain and um you know, dominate their workouts. If perfect muscle for a sprinter would look like instead of hitting the same times or hitting relatively the same times, maybe if they're an 800 meter runner, instead of running a 150, a 147 one month, and then the next, you know, one year, and then two years from then running a 147 still, or even worse, getting slower, like at a 149, it would be the opposite scenario where the sprinter is running a 149, a 147, sorry, and then drops down to maybe a 146, a 145 in about you know two years, three years, whatever is you know um, practical for for an athlete of that kind. Um, that would be what a perfect muscle would look like for the sprinter. So every single athlete is going to have his or her um, his or her. Uh, ability with our service um, they will 
feel like they're more they have more endurance on the field on the play every time you throw stimulus at them they're going to continue to grow and so that's what our focus is our focus is the muscular uh you know mus the the muscle functionality it's muscular achieving perfect muscular performance and so i guess i could begin with you know how, okay depending on where you're at maybe whether you're in a place of chronic pain um and you want to be pain free you want to be able to do your movements or second if you're in a place of hey look you know you're trying to get more uh, elasticity you're trying to continue to grow and in your in your workouts in your exercises or you're an elite athlete and you want to continue to dominate in your sport uh, we'll go ahead and we'll share the um you know this this is for you and so let's start with the what what is it so what we offer here is called proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation advanced and so that basically is neuromuscular therapy what we focus on is your body every your body's overuse of your muscles um, you know every single day we use our muscles uh, you know we use them whether we're whether it's sitting on you know at our desk and arching your back to keep you you know upright meanwhile you focus on typing on a computer uh, that job or task in its or two performing you know at an elite level of football or soccer each of those either you know engaging your quads engaging your shoulders you know engaging your calves using these using these using these stressing them stressing them stressing them uh, whatever the case um, you're using your muscles day in day out now this stress essentially results in um, you know what's called shortening of the muscle the muscle shortens after we use after we add stress to the muscle now this was found in clinical studies, especially on baseball players, where after baseball players were pitching, they did have decreased range of motion in their rotator cuff. And so I want to say it's rotator cuff. Um, I believe it is. And so what they ended up finding was that, yes, decreased range of motion, it stayed decreased for a period of 36 hours. Now, what we also see in, in more longitudinal study was athletes after having ran had decreased range of motion at their knee joint. And for months at a time, they significantly had less than at less range of motion than at baseline. Now, what ends up happening when you have less range of motion in your joints or your muscle is, so this essentially means then, well, first off, this means in basic terms, the muscle is more contracted after you use your muscle than it was before after you've added stress to it, whether it's in construction or working at your desk job, your muscle is shorter. What ends up happening if the muscle is shortened is that the muscle pulls on your tendon. Now tendons also pull on your bone and any abnormality in the body can trigger an inflammation response, can release the trigger the release of inflammatory cytokinins, um, histamines, pain, aggravate pain receptors, triggering the sensation of pain. Interestingly enough, your nervous system governs the length at which your muscle is elongated or at which your muscle is relaxed or contracted. In other words, your nervous system remembers and tries to protect you. And so if you try to get into a deeper range of motion, 
your nervous system will essentially shut your muscle down so that way you cannot relax it to that range of, to that longer range of motion anymore. Your nervous system is meant to protect you and what it does is it reprograms your muscle to get permanently used to these um, shorter ranges of motion. And so you can imagine then after decades and decades of using your muscles, this would result in significant muscle shortening that this muscle shortening would result in significant pain and significant debilitations, um, re restrictions, limitations in terms of being unable to do certain movements because you just don't have the range of motion to perform them, which would make sense why a lot of older people feel a lot of pain. They feel, or people you know, older in their uh, athletic careers, why they feel more pain or they go beyond their zenith, their peak because their muscles now have shortened to the point where either A, you know, it's just shortened so much from decades and decades of living that it's painful now, they can't perform these movements, or B, it's shortened so much in from training and training and training in their sport that their improvements in skill and their repetition to and their commitment to practice no longer produces a result that can compensate for the lost range of motion in their joints. Because think about it, if they're shortening, that means an athlete will essentially have less muscle to work with, which means the muscle is what allows you to get from point A to point B. It's what allows you to throw the ball. You have tons of muscles interacting. You have the infraspinatus, teres major, teres minor, front delt, rear delt, tricep, bicep. All these little guys have to work and have to be nice, relaxed, and able to contract and work. If you have 70% of that, then all of a sudden you went from an A to a C, right? And so that is what we focus on. That is, um, you know, what, what the, our theory, our theological, or, or the, I don't want to say the, it's the mantra of what we work on, that phenomenon. So we just described to you that every day you're using your muscles and every day they're shortening, right? Unless if, of course, you have really great genetics um, where they don't shorten that much, and which, which, is, which we have seen uh, happen uh, with a lot of elite athletes, especially like some of the best of the best. They have naturally good flexibility, which makes me naturally wonder, hey, you know, are they uh, really good because their genetics stay flexible, their muscles stay flexible, and they can keep on adapting and growing and responding to stimulus, whereas you know, maybe the next person loses a lot of uh, muscle, uh, muscle range of motion and cannot continue to grow in response to their stimulus. Uh, and so this, um, this makes us go ahead and, and approach this. Uh, and so what? Did you touch one already? No. Huh? And so, no. Why didn't you? You should have. Uh, I, and so what I do is I um, and so what we do is we work on trying to get the muscle back to what it could do before meaning we try to uh, elongate the muscle to the point where it can Elongate the muscle to it to the point where it can be back to where it was before you started contracting it. Now, 
This is because we try to override that nervous system response that we mentioned earlier. That nervous system response, you know how we told you that after every time you use your muscles, your nervous system adapts to uh, that shortened range of motion. We turn off that adaptation. We reverse that adaptation. And we tell the nervous system, we're gonna go to a longer range of motion, not stay at the shortened range of motion. Now, of course, that means then um, that sounds very, very cool, but what it would look like in your, what it would look like is, you know, it looks like, and that's the therapy or the treatment that we use, neuromuscular facilitation. So what ends up happening is you would essentially, uh, so we're relaxing the muscle. And a lot of the times when we think of relaxing the muscle, you might think of stretching, you might think of yoga, you might think of, you know, these types of things, maybe physical therapy, but physical therapy more so focuses on strengthening the muscle, which is actually contracting it. So stretching in yoga might be what you think of. You have it in your hand. Um, sorry, uh, that was an inter interruption. And so what ends up happening is you we relax the muscle. Sorry, what ends up happening is when you stretch, you bend lower. And when you bend lower, then that means, of course, that you are, let's say, for example, you're trying to stretch your, to touch your, touch your toes. You're trying to stretch your hamstring to touch your toes. If you try to touch your toes, most often, you've probably been in the scenario, whether it was in gym class or, you know, you're an athlete or um, you're trying to get treatment, your hamstring won't let you bend down. There's a point when you're trying to touch your toes that your hands won't bend down won't let you bend down any further. And you feel maybe a sensation of pain, uh, whatever have you. Yes, hello. Hi, Elena, this is Paul. I'm, uh, I'm working here also at uh, Victoria Hospice Case Manager. How are you? And that pain is the result of what's called your stretch reflex. So when you try to bend down and touch your toes, um, your stretch reflex kicks in, which is your nervous system's adaptation to your muscle telling it what is considered safe, what range of motion is considered safe. So remember, earlier we said that your nervous system is programmed after consistently using your muscles, it programs your muscles to a new range of motion because every time after we use our muscles, they're more contracted. Now, in this programming, your nervous system is basically saying anything beyond this range of motion is unsafe. So when you try to stretch or get to that range of motion, your nervous system shuts down all the muscle spindles. It, can, it enforces a contraction so that way to protect you, to protect you essentially. And that phenomenon we call the stretch reflex. So because of that, that means when you try to touch your toes, when you try yoga, these are all good intuitive approaches to, uh, muscle relaxation and, and uh, muscle uh, pain relief, yet you never do get to reprogram that nervous system and get back to your original range of motion. And so what ends up happening is we um, go ahead and we go ahead and we take the we shut that off and we shut that off through what's called the Golgi tendon organ. So if you have obviously a background maybe in physiology or biology, you might have heard of this response. 
The Goji tendon organ is almost is very similar to the stretch reflex, but operates in the opposite scenario. This operates in the case of contraction. So for example, let's say you go to the gym and you decide to load heavy weight, which a lot of you, if you've been in the gym or you've exercised, you've probably experienced this scenario. You're trying to load heavy weight and then all of a sudden uh, your body fails. In other words, you cannot perform another rep. That was because your nervous system said, hey, look, this is unsafe, the weight that you have on you, so we're gonna shut down all of our muscle spindles that allow you to contract and you're not gonna be able, we're gonna significantly weaken you so that way you can't load yourself with any heavier weight. Now, that sounds very similar to what we just mentioned with the stretch reflex, except this scenario occurs in the case of muscle contraction, muscle loading. You load too much, the nervous system shuts down the muscle so you can't load anymore. In the prior case, it was you deload too much, you relax the muscle too much, you stretch, you eccentric the muscle too much, and your, your nervous system shuts down your body because it's considered safe, so it's not gonna let you go anymore. Now, what ends up happening is these two, they, um, your body can only do one or the other at one moment in time. So when you have the Goji tendon organ in play, the stretch reflex can't be in play. The stretch reflex turns off. So that is the mechanism that we use in our neuromuscular facilitation. When you are trying to stretch your muscle, naturally your stretch reflex will kick in. So what we do is we force a contraction at this length of range of motion where basically your stretch reflex is about to kick in and your nervous system is saying, hey, look, we're not gonna let you stretch anymore. That contraction, we force that, that stimulates, obviously, after contracting, 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 your nervous system says, okay, we're gonna stop you from contracting, and it's gonna kick in that Golgi tendon organ. Now, because it's kicking that Golgi tendon organ response, it, that means that it has to turn off the stretch reflex response. So then if it turns off the stretch reflex response, that means your body can relax for about a second, almost a second, and stretch even further. So what it would look like then, if you were to come to us and you have pain, is you know we would have you, let's say you have significant pain in your, in your knee. And a lot of the times with knee pain, it can be tight hamstrings on the backside because a lot of us, you know, we walk, we stand, and the hamstrings, they contract to, over years, this causes the pain, pulls on the tendon, you know, pulls on the, which pulls on the bone, causes pain in the knee. What we would have you do is try to reach down and touch your toes the only difference is when you can't go anymore, we're gonna have you try to bend your knees, contract your hamstring. For about eight seconds, you're gonna contract, so you'll stretch. Once you get that pain threshold, you're gonna contract for eight seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And you can find this uh, exact protocol and the demonstrations on our social media at The Stretching Healer on our, our, our Facebook, our Instagram handles at The Stretching Healer and then YouTube, The Stretching Healer. You can find all these protocols, whether you have knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain, whatever. You can self, you know, you can just read the precautions. We have a lot of precautions. We have disclaimers, so make sure you do those on our site. Make sure you're warm because you have to be safe. So anyway, going back to the what a session would look like, you would try to contract for eight seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Then you're gonna notice something very interesting happen. Your hamstring is going to relax. You're gonna take a deep breath in. You're gonna take a deep breath out. You're gonna bend down lower and your hamstrings actually gonna allow you to bend lower and touch the floor even more. Then you're gonna contract your hamstring again. Then for eight seconds, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Then you're going to take a deep breath in, deep breath out, you're gonna relax, stop the contraction, and your body's actually gonna let you stretch even lower. 
until you can't stretch anymore, which is a stretch reflex in pain again. So we turn off that stretch reflex again by doing the contraction again. And then you might do four or five cycles of this, uh, and that would be one good set. Typically, if you're in a place where you've had knee pain, five sets is usually, from our client's experience, enough to get rid of that pain. Um, significant, enough to get rid of, of, that, of that significant pain. Maybe take it from like a nine to like a four. And then you might do a whole other set of that, of, the, of, those, of that relaxation contraction. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, you do those things, then, um, you know, you do those two sets, and you, know, you should have significant pain reduction. If you don't have significant pain reduction, then, you know, just try more. Obviously, you've been using your muscles for a long time, so, you know, maybe the next day uh, when you're warm, try it again. Not too much trauma all at once. I would definitely say don't go more than four sets uh, because you know it's, you are you are relaxing your muscle, but you're causing micro tears, uh, and that's that's what it would essentially look like. Um, you know who can benefit from it? Again, we said uh, it's everyone really. You know if you work at a desk job, you're contracting your back, you're contracting your glutes to keep you in the place, you're using your wrist to keep you tight. That can cause uh, pain. On your radial brachialis, your forearm flexors, that can pull on your wrist, that can pull on your butt, coming on your lower back, if the butt is tight, the lower, the lower back can give uh, some pain, um, you know, it's part construction, of course, construction workers use a lot of their muscles, that's probably why they get a lot of back pain, they have issues where they can't reach both of their arms up, they have issues with, you know, having, you know, just pain to do exercise if they used to be a physically active person on the weekends, that's, you know, no longer a luxury they can afford. Uh, if you're an elite athlete, obviously, you had sustained injuries some time ago, and you're trying to get back into recovery, but you can't quite recover, you know, visit and look at the uh, stretches that we have on our, uh, or the neuromuscular protocols that we have on our, on our social media, uh, which is, again, adding stretching stretching our Instagram and then our YouTube is the stretching pillow. Um, and so we try to give you everything that we that, that you want. So as far as where, where can you get treated, again, that's our social media. You can self-treat. Uh, you know, if, if we're in the area and you are local, then you can treat the person who do charge for that. We try to give everyone as much free information as possible because, you know, we love what we do and we really just want people to, to get better uh, on themselves if possible. And then, if if not, then you could either if you're not local, then you know, fly out to see us. But we do give really really great results, which you see obviously on social media. Um, and then the when you should do this after every single time you use your muscles. So if you work, you know, if you work in serving before you leave your workplace, go into the break room, do some stretches for your glutes, your quads, your your calves, your shins, your your fascia, your plantar fascia. Um, do stretches for, um, you know, if you're in construction, for your rotator cuff, infraspinatus, teres major, teres minor, um, lats, traps, forearm flexors, extensors, you know, you're using your muscles hours and hours a day, so the, the least they deserve is to be treated well with the 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes a day. I mean, and if the result is going to be to prevent you from living, you know, in pain and your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, unable to do a lot of exercises and things that you love, then, um, you know, it's definitely worth it. If you're an athlete, an elite athlete, definitely do this right after your workout. Um, you know, get into some sweats, um, 
you know, make sure you might want to have, you know, some sugar, some carbs, because it does require a lot of focus, it requires a lot of strength, it requires a lot of pain tolerance. So, um, you know, just every, anything worth doing is worth doing every day. Um, and, of course, um, you know, the hows, we have that on, all on our site. Um, and if you have any other questions, feel free to either DM us on our social media or email support at thestretchinghealer.com. Um, and we look forward to, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Bye-bye.